Today's scripture is from the Gospel of John. At the time of the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem, it was winter, and Jesus walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Joanne. The title of my sermon today is the tagline from a book written by Rachel Held Evans called Searching for Sundays, Loving, Leaving, and Finding Church. Rachel is a 37-year-old Christian writer and speaker, and she died last Saturday from a sudden illness. Pastor Joel had texted me with the news of her unexpected death. And even though I had never met her, the shock and grief felt like Sharpie marker on your shirt cuff. You just can't get it out. She was a fresh mom with a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and her voice, the church needed her voice, one of conviction, poetry, and punch. She spoke about the hard places where people have been hurt and excluded from the church. She asked questions, and she deeply listened. She left the evangelical church because of its stifling doctrine, but instead of giving up on church, she quested to find it again. She was due to preach at the Festival of Homiletics in Minneapolis that's coming up this week. I wish I could hear that sermon The world longs to hear that sermon. It's just three weeks after Easter, and I'm stumbling again with death. There is just unfinished business with death. It leaves punctured lives, books left unwritten, sermons left unpreached, kids without a mom. Even with resurrection saturated in the air we breathe, death still changes us. No wonder you grapple with your faith. It's never a straight line. And just when we think we may understand, death hand slaps again on top, leaving us to question once again. Jesus is in the temple in this story that we hear. And the Jews around him are asking him the same questions I've been asking this week. Just tell us that you are the Messiah. Don't keep us in suspense. We need clarity. Just tell us plainly so we know. But no, 
Jesus, especially in the Gospel of John, has these lengthy responses to seemingly simple questions. This Gospel is full of long narratives steeped in symbolism and prose. Jesus' response to that question, I have told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they never perish. We, like the Jews, beg for a plain answer, but maybe Jesus knows that a simple, plainly spoken answer would never help us when we are wrestling in faith and doubt. Through his often confusing answers, he speaks of a relationship that will hold us when we want to run away, when we have been pushed away, when we want to dictate how the world should go, when we are being judgy and self-absorbed, when death and the forces of this world seem to have their grip on us, Jesus' words call us back to gnaw at the questions once again. You see, in the Gospel of John, believing isn't a set of doctrine to memorize. It's a relationship with Jesus that we keep coming back to. To believe in Jesus is to trust even when it seems improbable or impossible. And to hang on even when everything else tells you you can't. And most especially in this relationship, we come to find out it's not us holding on, but Jesus holding us. The setting for the story we hear today is the Jewish festival of dedication. We know it as Hanukkah, a day in which Jesus and other Jews would remember the rededication of the temple after it had been destroyed. They only had enough oil to light the eternal lamp for one night. But unexpectedly, that little bit of oil lasted eight days, giving them time to find a new oil source to keep that eternal light lit. The light continued to come in the darkness beyond the means at hand. This festival speaks of what we need to hear again and again the lamp oil will not burn out. Jesus says, they will not snatch you out of my hands. We need to come back to these stories to remind us, to bring us back to the tangible ways God shows up even when we think that the oil is running low. I've been having a lot of conversations lately about what it means to be community. And I have been thinking a lot about what it means to be church. When I walk through my neighborhood or I peer in the windshields of other cars stopped at the stoplight, when I venture into places that are unfamiliar, I wonder about the people around me. Are they stuck in thinking about those big questions of life and faith? What are their questions, their needs, their hopes, and their hurts?
And how are they seeking a place in which they can ask questions where they feel vulnerable enough to wonder what God has to say about their life in the world? A place where what they have to give is exactly what is needed. A community where they can hear in words and actions that the oil light will not burn out. What if people have been hurt by the church or know nothing about the church? How will God be made known to them? If there's one thing that I have learned, it is that we cannot do this kind of questioning on our own. We need people around us when we doubt and when we squirm in faith to let us know that they feel the same. And then to hear that they too know and trust in the words of Jesus, even when it's not clear, that believing is relationship with God and each other that we have to keep working out. And then the wonder is that God uses us to embody this message of hope, love, and forgiveness. The promise of God does not need only a building to be made known. It needs people who will dare to speak it and live it, to ask questions and to listen deeply to the stories and experiences of others. What does all this mean for you? What does it mean for us? I end with the final epilogue from Rachel's book, Searching for Sundays. It's entitled Dark. Maybe she cannot preach in person this upcoming week, but she can have the last word in mind today. Not knowing when the dawn will come, I open every door. We have come to the final chapter, and as I write it, appropriately enough, just before dawn on Sunday morning, the house is quiet and the windows are dark. Dan snores in the room across the hall while I patter away on the keyboard. One last all-nighter before I finally send this book to the publisher. There's this mockingbird that's been singing from about midnight till three in the morning like she's got the New York Philharmonic behind her. And I can't for the life of me figure out what's up with her. If singing loud into the night while the rest of the world roosts means she's got some sort of malfunction of the brain, or if it means she knows something important about darkness that the rest of us don't, I wonder what she sees. But even the mockingbird has grown silent at this dark, heavy hour when the night stretches out like an inky ocean and it's hard to remember the colors of day. I find myself wondering if perhaps every generation of Christians has felt itself at the edge of this precipice, waiting for resurrection and worrying it might not come. Perhaps every pilgrim in search of church has wondered if it's a lifetime of feeling his way through the dark, longing for light. But if I've learned anything in this journey, both in writing this book and clumsily living its content, 
It's that Sunday morning sneaks up on us, like dawn, like resurrection, like the sun that rises a ribbon at a time. We expect a trumpet and a triumphant entry, but as always, God surprises us by showing up in ordinary things, in bread, in wine, in water, in words, in sickness, in healing, in death, in a manger of hay, in a mother's womb, in an empty tomb. Church isn't some community you join or some place you arrived. Church is what happens when someone taps you on the shoulder and whispers in your ear, pay attention, this is holy ground, God is here. Even here in the dark, God is busy making all things new. So show up. Open every door at the risk of looking like a fool buried with his feet facing the east or like a mockingbird singing stubbornly at the night. Anticipate resurrection. It's either just around the bend or a million miles away or perhaps it's somewhere in between. Let's find out together. Amen. <laughs>